Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Shropshire Football Podcast, episode 14. This is a very odd setup we've got at the moment. My name is Luke Hatfield, I'm hosting today, but I'm sat on my own in a very cold room in Wolverhampton, and I'm sure two people are sat in a much warmer room uh, in Ketley, actually in Shropshire for once, the Shropshire Football <laughs> Podcast, who, who can believe that? Uh, I'm joined as ever by our Shrewsbury Talman, Lewis Cox. Lewis, can you hear me over there? Hello, hello. Testing, testing. How are you, Luke? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Very well, mate. Um, you're not supposed to be giving all of our secrets away and sort of lowering the tone of our podcast by saying we're finally in Shropshire. Well, we've been in Shropshire once before, no? Uh, Bridge Oh, yeah, in the chippy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, when we actually went on the road, yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah when we went on the road to Shropshire, our host, our host county. <laughs> no, yeah, we're in our um, offices in Telford, Ketley, uh, today, and I am... Over here, joined as you've alluded to by a special guest, no other. A very special guest. I feel. I feel like this has already kind of built me up too much. Yeah, yeah. We've oh, got no, a Shrewsbury this... Town legend in on the podcast today. No, no, we haven't. <laughs> we've got. We've got our, our senior feature writer at the Shropshire Star, uh, Mr. Nathan Rowden. Nathan, welcome Hello. to the Shropshire Football Podcast. Hey, how are you doing? Do you, want to, do you want to fill in any of the listeners as to why you are actually featuring on the podcast today? Yeah. Because <laughs> um, was asked. <laughs> <laughs> um, essentially, I've been, uh, well, I've been a match-going, uh, a match-going fan uh, for the last, uh, well, for this season. Um, I'd sort of switched. Well, I've not switched. I've not switched. I am a Liverpool fan, um, but uh, I've kind of become a bit tired of, uh, of sort of uh, scrabbling every week to get Premier League tickets. And... Um, Essentially, I found myself on a Saturday afternoon watching uh, Soccer Saturday and thought, well, I could actually go to the game and get involved in the community um, that I live in. And, you know, I take my father-in-law along and uh, we have a few beers and watch the game on a Saturday afternoon. This is, Nathan is the epitome of what what the club wants, isn't it? A new, you know, the next generation, you young fellow, of, of supporters. Well, um, albeit is much older than me, I think. Um <laughs> Yeah, you're you're a modern Shrewsbury Town fan. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I've been going in the um, in the south stand in the in the safe standing section, and uh, it just takes me back to my, my dad's a Swindon Town fan, um, and it takes me back to kind of going to to those games early on at the county ground, and um, I actually, well, I've got very background, but I lived in Burnley as well for, for for quite a while, and I remember going and standing in the terraces at Turf Moor, and uh, you know it just takes me back to that, back to that childhood sort of memories of football, standing standing with your parents yeah. watching the yeah. game. Yeah, I tell you what, it's, I mean, there's not many people who sack off Anfield who are you know and Liverpool who are challenging for a Premier League title for, <laughs> for a relegation battle in League One. I know I've picked, I've picked the ideal season for it, haven't I? Maybe, <laughs> maybe Nathan got a bit of the uh, the taste last season, and then <laughs> and then thought it was a you know a regular thing. But... Yeah, um, I mean it's, it's a straight, it's a certainly a strange one. But Nathan, I'm you know we're delighted obviously to have you. Um, I've, I've I mean. I'm going to go into a little bit of banter section, shall we say, which we ordinarily do. It's weird doing it on my own sat over here. But I tell you what, guys, I'm suffering <laughs> from the holiday blues today. Yes, I'm aware of this. this we, we were due to do a pod 24 hours earlier, but mm. um, poor Luke had a little sniffle after a week in the sun. And um, yeah, here we are a day later and Luke's in a room on his own because he's contagious. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty much the boy in the bubble over here. Um <laughs> But yeah, I've, I've, I'm suffering from the blues. I've come back. The weather's not so great. Uh, some of the results from, I mean, let's not talk about Aston Villa because it's a Shropshire football podcast, but dearie me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I'm just struggling, guys. I'm struggling. You know what's worked the worst thing is as well? I came back. I'm, I'm putting my luggage in the car and I've, I've, I've kind of messed up my back as well. I feel like an old man. Well, you Shocking. are. Shocking. I'm only 29. Okay, that makes that makes me the old man of this podcast then. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't your back go at thirty? Isn't that a thing? Oh, well, everything went early. at thirty. <laughs> everything went at thirty. I hit thirty, and that was just broke. It broke. Oh. Nathan, on, on a similar um, story, Luke. Nathan was telling me about his antics last night, actually, which um, is quite a smooth segue <laughs> into um, you know. I know he's a you know. We, well, we are both Liverpool fans. He's got a bit of Alison Becker in him, by all accounts. Oh, yeah. Well, 
Um, yes, Alison Becker, I think, might be pushing it a little too far. Um, yeah, I play football, uh, five-a-side football on a uh, Wednesday night with a few of the guys uh, here from the Shropshire Star actually come along as well. Um, and uh, I I don't quite know how I ended up sort of tweaking my hamstring last night because getting, getting that kind of pace up in a sprint to actually do anything to your hamstring for me is quite a rarity. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I ended up spending a good 40 minutes of last night in goal being peppered with shots at, at, at an extreme speed. I must say, I've, I've still got marks on my legs and my arms from the ball last night. Oof, Nathan, oh did a, Nathan did a Dave Edwards. He, he, he had his big moment, the big, you know, not return, <laughs> the, the appearance, and then tweak there, there, there the muscle went. Yeah, yeah. After, after minutes. Indeed. And, uh, although Dave didn't go in goal, but, you know. <laughs> well, I'm sure you're going to get sent job. off next time. Do you when know, you I was recover be- from injury, you're going to get I was behind the goal for that um, when, when, when Dave Edwards did that, and I felt so bad for him. I, felt, just, just because I saw it straight away he went on his knees and he, he stood up and he was holding his hamstring and I, I was just like oh it just wasn't you know it was a miserable result as well and it just yeah. wasn't the return that let's be fair to Dave and I don't want to add insult to injury although I'm about to it's got pretty you know it's got significantly worse since then well, indeed, indeed. indeed you know he waited a couple of minutes to overcome that and then uh, sees red Certainly not a dream, a dream start to his return to Shrewsbury Town. No. Um, before we talk about football, let's talk about Valentine's Day because it's just gone. How was everyone's wow. Valentine's Day? Um, how was Valentine's Day? Uh, any old day, isn't it? I'm not having any of this <laughs> Valentine's lark. Um, oh, your missus must love you. Yeah, we don't. You know, it's. You know, I think we've been together longer than any need to bother with any Valentine's nonsense. I did get. I did get some flowers, but not maybe not specifically because it was Valentine's, just because I'm a nice guy, you know, a decent boyfriend. Um, yeah, and we exchanged cards, and that was about it. I worked in the day, she worked in the night night shift, and uh, yeah, any other day. How about you, Nathan? Any, uh, uh, yeah, uh, well, I'm a husband, so um, yeah, um, th- those days are... Uh, Seemingly long behind me. I did get a card though, which I um, which is about as far as I'd push really. Did uh, Luke or Nathan? Did well, Nathan wouldn't have. I'm not sure about Luke. Did you see my the Valentine's card I received, uh, Luke? No, I didn't. I didn't. See oh, this. gosh. Uh, I'm not sure if you've got me on Instagram or Facebook, Luke, but I did share it. Uh, so if you can quickly load up your Instagram. Oh, um, making can, me follow I you think, on Instagram. I, I, saw it. I can show Nathan here. Yeah, I, th- I um, think I saw it. Is it? Is it? Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it a certain manager of a certain <laughs> club? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was very good. The uh, the card from my other half was was a great effort. I've got a shout out to Alice there. It was a pretty good find online by all accounts. Red is the color of love. Either side of a, a picture of Jurgen Klopp. Well, oh yes, I'm seeing it with, now. Uh, <laughs> with a love heart headband thing on. And yeah, I don't often share Valentine's cards online <laughs> for obvious reasons. But yeah, that was um, that was a good effort. Because right. you don't receive many. It's <laughs> just the one. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From my many admirers. It brightened up my Valentine's Day, that card. Luke, your day? Uh, well, I was I was in Morocco as you as you well know, Lewis. Oh, yeah. I'm sure I'm not sure Nathan will have known that. No, but, I, didn't. Um, I didn't. Valentine's Day also happens to be our anniversary, and it was our ten year anniversary. Yes, I did see so, that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was kind of one of those where it was like the holiday itself was kind of the gift. So I was like, do I buy any more? Do I don't? And we ended up saying let's not buy each other anything because we we're also trying to get buy a house now, and it's just. One of those things. Apparently, the most, according to my girlfriend, and um, I'll quote her on this, the most most romantic thing I did on Valentine's Day on our ten year anniversary was to swat a wasp away with a flip flop. <laughs> a wasp landed on her during the holiday, and I managed to quickly nab my flip flop and kind of That's whack brave. it away. That's brave. I'd have run away. I mean, it's it's pretty much as much as night shining on you, you can get nowadays, right? <laughs> wait, wait. Did you hit the wasp? With the flip flop while it was on said girlfriend, it was like, such, uh, such a clean hit. Honestly, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure it survived. <laughs> like it flew off. Oh right, okay. But but it was such so you a actually clean just smacked hit. your uh, other half. No, no, I didn't touch her. That oh, was right, a, that okay. was the best thing about it. Oh, right, okay. Pure, it was pure wasp. There was no there was no skin to flip flop contact. It was such a sweet hit. But and if that's not love, I, I don't know. What it is, <laughs> to be honest, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Did you kill uh, it? Was there evidence of dead body? 
No, no, no. I oh, right. you know, there was no evidence. It flew away. I think. I think it learned its lesson. Creature um, of the devil. You, you see, after 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 marriage, you kind of you kind of look at that and think, mm, is that uh, is that wasp going to inflict any pain? Is, <laughs> is, 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 is that going to happen? And I can have a laugh. <laughs> Poor Mrs. Rowden. <laughs> Open to wasp stings. Um, right, let's talk about some football because let's face it, we are 11 minutes in and we haven't chatted a well, we've chatted a very tiny bit of Shrewsbury Town. Yeah, yeah, um, let's segue into the uh, the salon. Let's do it, let's do it. Uh, Lewis, you'll, you'll be uh, fully aware of how we do this. Uh, Nathan, for your benefit and for those new listeners who happen to be here, uh, we will run through each of the games we have missed over the past couple of weeks. There's only two of them to cover um, this time, of course. Uh, First one being Bristol Rovers 1, Shrewsbury Town 1. And of course Alex Rodman goes and scores, doesn't he? <laughs> pair of draws, as, as we'll come on to. Pair of 1-1s. Yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, in, in the fortnight since since the last one, you kind of think these are all massive games coming up now, big games, you know, kind of think my opinion on how Town will end the season will depend on, you know, the end of the next game. Yet we've had two 1-1 draws. And I don't really know any more or any less than I did a, or whatever I said a fortnight ago. Um, other than, uh, I suppose we can now add that Town look like they've got a goal in them. But defending leaves plenty to be desired, um, sadly. yeah. The, I mean, the goal they conceded to Alex Rodman, uh, hero from last season, was, was pretty chronic. and But not as bad as the goal they then conceded against Burton a week later. So... Yeah, uh, curse of the former player. You're right, Luke. I did a little piece on that afterwards. In um, I think seven, Rodman made it seven players to ex town players to score against them this season, which this is this season. Yeah, seven in one season. That's staggering, isn't it? It's just an astounding seven, stat. That se- seven players, eight goals, cost town ten points. <laughs> yeah, that um, is amazing. Yeah, it was, I, I can't remember anything like it for any team I've followed that so many players have done it. Um, we could have we could pose a little early test to Nathan to name as many as he can. Oh, no that pressure. Is, that is <laughs> harsh. But, but, that that, that is harsh. But so, I'm trying to think. <laughs> That's how as many harsh as them. Dave Edwards' red card. That is a harsh debut uh, question, isn't it? A, co- a couple of from last season, if memory serves me correctly, or at least recently. Uh, but then, if if you weren't at the games, I suppose how are you going to know? Uh, but yeah, Rodman did. Stephen Payne did. Uh, before, Actually, I wouldn't have got Stephen Payne. That would have been a trick question. Before we then that re-signed. Felt, yeah, yeah uh, Payne's gone full circle. Um, who else has? Well, off the top of my head, El Abd and Joe Jacobson did it in the same game for Wickham. That's four. Um, this is testing me now. Luke, you can speak. Come back to me. Come back to you? <laughs> okay. Uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to list any of the others, but Lewis, considering you wrote the story, I'm sure you'll you'll manage to read I've slept off. since then, though. So you've been quite happy to just throw me under the bus there. By the way, you just, yeah, I know. <laughs> but I've ended up throwing myself under the bus. So exactly. It's, it's, yeah. Fine. It's, it's fine. Uh, but I tell you what. I mean, it was a feisty old game, wasn't it? There was some rash tackles getting thrown in left, right, and centre. Yes. Yeah, and of yeah. all of all of the challenges, Dave Edwards is the one who gets sent off. I mean, that was. I mean. <laughs> I mean, watching some of these bat Lewis, and I was um, I was keeping an eye on the on the game, and I was like, how how on earth has he got a red card for that compared to some of the other challenges put in that day? Quite. Uh, for the record, the we've named four players that scored against against Town, former players. Um, the others are Tom Eaves, he did for Gillingham. Um, Jordan Clark did so for Accrington on Boxing Day, and James Collins. Ex striker was the player to, to do so twice for Luton not so long ago. Now, if you were telling me you were at that game, yeah, well, uh, beginning of February, yes, back to Bristol Rovers. Um, Luke, you're right that the main thing to take from the game, obviously, 1 1 and, and Dave's late red, was it, it was a bit of a crazy game. I remember tweeting it was a bit bonkers, really. Um, you know, we had the debate for a, a few days, a week afterwards, on. You know the appeal for Edwards. Were they going to get it overturned? Most, if not all, fans thought it wasn't going to get overturned. They could see why a red card was given. I stand by it was a harsh red on Dave. I I, I get it, but I think it was a yellow. Um, but being there at the time and, and the type of game it was, it was it was chaos really. I mean, there were probably three red cards that were more red cards than Dave's. Um, certainly. A couple for Bristol Rovers, maybe one for Shrewsbury. Scott Goldborn went in hard 
and high and late on, on a Bristol Rovers player. But the game could and should have been different. Abu Agogo, another former town man, should have gone You know, inside 10 minutes. He, he kicked out at Norban, Ollie Norban, um, got into Agogo's head and the, the two were sort of not squaring up, but but digging each other out, kicking each other, and uh, and Agogo lost his head and, and had a kick out right in front of the dugout, reacted, which is, is a red card. I don't quite know how it was given a yellow. Norban got a yellow as well, and that changes the complexion, doesn't it? Like, you know, if 10 men for 80 minutes, it's a totally different game. Uh, it was, you, you're right, Luke, it was, um, it was an absolute battle, it really was, and um, I came away actually thinking there's, there's a good fight in this town team. They're really scrapped. Um, one of the players who, uh, who just slipped my mind said the same to me as well afterwards. Omar Beckles said, you know, before Bristol Rovers he was worried, but after that he, he thought, right, we're, we're fighting it. We've got fighting us. And um, yeah, so that, that was the main message to come from Bristol Rovers. Yeah, and as a fan, Nathan, I mean, when you watch a game like that where it is, you know, as feisty and there are tackles being thrown in left and right, it's kind of what you want to see, isn't it? Especially from a Shrewsbury Town side in the position that they are in League One. Mm, yeah, no, I, th- I think it is. Um, you know, you want to see, the crowd want to see the players looking like they care. Um, and I think, you know, even if that is a sort of slightly harder tackle, um, that, that can be enough to just generate a little bit of atmosphere um, and, and just give the fans some belief that you know that the, that the players' heads haven't gone down too much that they believe that they can they can get themselves out of a scrap um, uh, sorry out of a relegation battle um, relegation scrap um, I, I suspect given where town are in the table at the moment um, and the closeness of the other teams points wise mm-hmm. I think you could be looking at a few more of those to come because you know t- town are going to be playing we were looking at a table just just before we came on and um I was saying that anything any team as high as sort of 13th really uh, with South End who were on 40 points could get could get sucked into this yeah. so so there's a lot of sides there that are all going to be fighting for points fighting to get out of it fighting to get well, the magic fifty points is that is that yeah. is that actually going to happen this season? Is it? I suspect it might even be lower than that this year to stay safe. Well, to be honest, good point. Really, I I did a story on that today with Sam Ricketts, who said, in a nutshell, said what you said. It's hard to tell. Uh, it, it's always generally a yardstick fifty points. I think mm. in seven out of the last ten seasons in League One, fifty points has kept you up, but it's not always a guarantee. Seven in ten isn't. You know, clearly isn't always um, going to do it. And Ricketts is right, really, when you look at the table because it's it's tight and it is often tight in this division. Although last season we were enjoying it at the at the other end. Um, does that mean it's going to be more or less points? You know, Town are on thirty three points, so they need seventeen to get to fifty. You know that that means five wins, doesn't it? At least. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And when you take, you know, that, that means five wins from a remaining 14 games, as fans have discussed, you know, given that they haven't won in nine, given that it's been one win in 12, given that they've only won seven all season, are they going to win five in 14? Mm-hmm. That's a, a massive ask and it would need a massive upturn, U-turn in results. But, so that 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 makes you worry doesn't it it makes you concerned are they going to get those five wins but then you look at it and they're only a point from from getting out of it so it, it's difficult to now to gauge at the moment a town have got a decent goal difference they've of course got that all-important game in hand um, to be played next Tuesday against Doncaster so but good point from Nathan I think on on the scrap and I think there are going to be a lot of those games mm. um, town play a lot of the teams around them I think they become a battle. I think if they, I think if there's football played in them in in attacking areas, I think Town would be would do well because I think they've got good players, Wally, Doherty, others. Um, I think it could suit them, but they just turn into a scrap, don't they? I think they just turn into who can impose themselves, who can get on top physically, win headers, second balls. That's just how it's going to play out. I think. I think yeah. um, like Dave Edwards. Could have a very big role to play for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, I agree. And I know that he's maybe not had the uh, the start of the return that he wanted. Um, 
obviously the red card and you know the injury is was, was unfortunate really um and it's something you know things like that are kind of out of Ricketts control yeah but I think someone with his level of experience and ability is going to prove to be vital you know um because you look at those other sides down there and have they got a similar player with that experience with that ability with that know-how good point um it's just a case of if there are going to be more of these fighting games and scrappy games and hard tackles you know you and while while we're saying that Dave is obviously unlucky to be sent off the other day you know tempers do need to be kept in check you don't want yeah. to have too many games out you don't want to be losing too many players to these these sort of tasty challenges I mean, if you like Dave when he got sent off it was a second red card of his long career mm, mm. what something like 15 year career I think he's had uh, playing professionally his second red card is absolutely mental statistic um, he'd gone 496 games without being sent off mm. and since he picked up his first red card for Reading at the back end of last season he's been sent off twice in six games it's just a weird, just a weird anon- anomaly that's how you say it yeah. just, just a weird one that you know he's not that kind of player I don't expect it to happen again but like Nathan said I think when he comes back for that Wimbledon game after he serves two two more games of his ban I think he's going to be a crucial part of the midfield uh, a strong position for town but just his, you're right just his knowledge and experience and his know-how of being there uh, knowing what to expect I think it'll be ironically a calming influence on town and a sort of captain without being a captain mm-hmm. sort of thing How was the atmosphere um, at the Bristol Rovers game when he did when he did come on before obviously what happened after Yeah well there's another point worth mentioning the ref and I can't remember Peter Wright I think his name was inexperienced League 1 ref come up from League 2 lost control of the game really um, very early on when I mentioned that Agogo Norban uh, Tate Arte uh, he you know the crowd there, Bristol Rovers, nine thousand of them. They they do get into it. it they really whip up a, a hostile atmosphere at Bristol Rovers. Uh, you've got to say, and you've got to hand it to him because it influences the referee, which I know is a bad thing to say and suggest, but of course it does naturally. Um, you, you sort of sway on the the, the side of the, the home side where the rampant crowd, you know, whipping up a storm, and I think that happened to an extent. Although there were, you could argue, there were bad decisions both sides. The atmosphere was hostile. Uh, Dave came on. I remember before the, the challenge, the guy him sent off. He was sort of having a bit of pulling the shirt with, with someone who was trying to wind him up. I, I noticed that, and yeah, I think Sam Ricketts says he was caught in the wrong place at the wrong time. Something, something along those lines. And he was incensed that it wasn't a red. Uh, Sam Ricketts, and so were the club. They they thought they put in a really strong appeal. But I, you know, when watching it back, I. Is it a red by the laws? The laws are so flaky these days, aren't they? Where it's on about in control and you know all that stuff, and maybe he wasn't. Uh, if you're thinking about a swinging swept leg, I don't know. But it what it wasn't the worst offence, should we say that day? Well, I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think it's the it's in the context of the match. I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those. I must admit, I've only seen it once. It's one of those you've seen given, um, but I think. Probably, uh, given the context of the game, you know, with the other challenges that have been yeah. let slide, if you not let slide, but hadn't been as harshly punished, you know, maybe in the context of the game that should have should have only been a yellow, really. Um, it's hard to say, really. Um, I'd, I'd just add that it, it cost Town that day, possibly not that day. I think there were only five minutes to play. David, come on worth mentioning obviously this was after the, the groin injury we touched on at the start of the, the, the pod uh, you know took a couple of weeks to get back fit came on um, I think 70 odd minutes in and, and looked sharp he he looked lively on his feet he had a shot edge of the box blocked he looked in good shape and it was encouraging you know you're getting him back to fitness and then he gets that three match ban that you know of course he's still out now he, he missed Burton last week he's, he's missing the trip to Peterborough Saturday and then of course misses Doncaster Tuesday night that game and and I mentioned back for AFC Wimbledon a week Saturday but you know he's a miss of course he's a miss that yes they're well stocked in that position but if we go back a few days to Burton sort of freak run of injuries in in other in other central midfield areas and town were incredibly light 
Mm. It was really weird. You're in a well-stocked position, yet they'd sort of run out of options, really, with, with Greg Doherty, Josh Loren, Romain Vincelo all injured. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, we could have really done without that Dave Edwards red card um, because unquestionably he'd have started. But, you know, let's hope by a week Saturday, the fitness in terms of training, he'll be fully up to speed and raring to go. Yeah, that's it. And then, of course, they went and drew one all with Burton too. I mean, judging judging from looking at the, the you know when the goals went in, was eleven minutes all you really needed to watch from that game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We packed up and went home after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first half was not bad. It was a decent game, decent spectacle, certainly early on. Um, but I must confess, uh, I think the general feeling inside the meadow, the second half was a was a non-event really. Um, really half time 1-1 town where they were you know the home side against a, a mid-table burn with a lot of options on the bench town had a, four strikers on the bench lack of midfielders they had to play a couple of defenders four strikers you feel they've got options here they, they need to and they can go for this and you just didn't get it you didn't get the sense of you know, urgency intent they were going for, you didn't get the sense they were going for it subs not, maybe not questionable but didn't work uh, Stefan Payne came on for, for the goal scorer Tyrese Campbell before the hour Payne didn't have any impact and Fajiri Okunabiri was on the bench top scorer didn't get on till about 80, 80th minute a couple of little things to, to nitpick there but the, the you know, while the manager does the players maybe have to take responsibility and of course the manager do, does as well but they're just I didn't feel and, and, and fans felt there wasn't enough to cling on to in that second half there wasn't enough to, to get behind and you know chances were very few and far between if any I think there was a James Bolton header from a set piece that's all I can remember really and, and the biggest chance ironically while Town were I suppose slightly the better side against Burton in that second half the, the biggest chance is um, Lucas Aikens running through on goal for Burton and you know with 10 minutes ago and all of a sudden it could go really wrong thankfully he missed but that was a wake up call and yeah Small smattering of booze at, at full time. Well, if I'm being brutally honest, a, a little bit quieter and more muted than than I thought. And I, I saw some fans say, sort of speculate online afterwards that there's almost like a, a resignation in the air after that game, which I don't necessarily agree with. I don't think there should be because the you know goal difference from getting out of the the bottom four. But yeah, it was a, it was a disappointing second half at the Meadow, certainly, and you just wanted more to get behind and build up a head of steam and have a couple of efforts on goal just didn't come um, I think they struggled with we mentioned Alex Gilead having to play midfield the lack of midfielders I think it messed them around a little bit in terms of their system they, they're they struggling with the pitch I uh, don't know how many times we mentioned it on the pod but the Montgomery Waters me- Meadow pitch is cutting up a little bit to say the least bobbling um, grass is finding it tough to you know rot allow the ball to roll that sort of stuff Sam Ricketts has mentioned it a few times actually so it's something to keep an eye on but yeah just nothing went Town's way but they didn't they didn't um, create any of their own look you know create anything to go their way it was a disappointing afternoon really yeah and I know it was a home game but Burton Albion would you take would you take that result if it was handed no. to you before well I mean they were in the championship last season weren't they but not really. I don't know what Nathan thinks as, as an onlooker, but you know they're 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 not at the top clearly, but and they're they're a mid-table side that are you know not safe yet, but they will be. Well, um, they're not in great form either, are they? They I think was that a second win in ten. I might be wrong on that. We yeah, need to fact check that. But that they, they they won two in well following the town game. I think that's two wins in ten. Yeah, it weren't great. Yeah, and yeah. you've got to be looking at. Um, you've got to be looking at putting sides in that run of form to the sword if you can yeah. I mean obviously town themselves aren't in a great great run of form um, but you've got to take your opportunities you know the, the disappointing results and, and the poor performances uh, at the likes of uh, Charlton against uh, Charlton and Luton for example mm-hmm. you know that those aren't the games that you're going to pick points up in this season um, or, or you can try but you, you know, they're, they're by no means bankers um, but those kind of mid-table teams are out of form I mean Burton aren't really scrapping against relegation neither are they really pushing for promotion you know they're running into the end of the season they're going to have sort of very little to play for I Mm -hmm. think so you know yeah I I think one of the one of the issues as well is 
the the speed in which Town scored and then conceded. Yeah, massively. It, it yeah. sucks every ounce of atmosphere out of the ground mm-hmm. because you you know oh, I mean it was a great ball through for Campbell and it's great finish under a lot of pressure in terms of you know the, the context of any goal for Shrewsbury at the moment is 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 huge for the lads' first ever yeah. league goal in football yeah and he, he you know he was cut loose you know free run on goal has to finish and does finish finishes well mm-hmm. um and you think right go on then you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then to 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 end up in that situation where you've got a really really piece of poor defending just as what was it two three minutes later? Yeah, um, that that allows yeah, it's such a sloppy goal and it's amateur defending, isn't it? Schoolboy, that's what I put at the time. Well, yeah. then it, it sucks the atmosphere out of the ground. It 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 causes a problem in confidence in the in the crowd yeah. themselves. It causes. A problem in confidence in the team. They don't believe that they can hold on to a lead at the moment. I don't think. No. Um, which, which you know. Yeah, there's certainly confidence issues there. I agree. Yeah, I think if they could have held out a couple of more minutes and just rode, because you always get a wave, don't you? After after you've scored a goal, there is usually a bit of a, a bit of a wave from the opposition where you, you need to ride out maybe mm-hmm. two, three. To up to five minutes of just just a bit of pressure. Yeah, of course. Um, or got to half time. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, if, you know, is the you know did they score too early in that game? You know, for, given given the way that they do defend at the moment. And well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to the defending. But another point worth mentioning, what Luke asked Nathan there in terms of, you know, would you take that result? I mean, the answer you cannot in Town's position this season take that result because of the away form. You know, it's the worst away form in the league. It means if that's going to continue, then you you know you've got to be winning these home games, and the home running is quite reasonable. Um, yes, Portsmouth come to the meadow. I'm just looking now. There aren't many other sides at the very top that that arrive. So these middle of the road sides that are neither here nor there, or certainly the rivals around you, you've got to be putting them away. If you're not picking up three points on the road. And you've got to be winning at home, else you know it's it's only going one way. Um, you know we've seen draws recently, couple, and it's it's not helping Town's league position, is it? Yeah, mm. Yes, you can flip it up, dress it up, say we're two games unbeaten and scoring goals from it, I suppose. But it it doesn't get you the points on the board you need to to get out of the the position. Um, three points are needed, and they're needed pretty quickly. I mean, I suppose you know Town really are sort of. We'll be thankful for that run under Danny Coyne, I think, uh, in mm. between Askey and uh, Ricketts, because that uh, at that point of the season, you know, they they seem to get out of the relegation scrap and started looking up the table. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they've been in a bit of a torrid run of form since then. I think the only the, the victory is before Christmas, Coventry. Yeah, is yeah, that, right? yeah, that, yeah. that the, was the last, the last league win. Oh no, no, yeah, yeah, the last yeah, league, yeah, league win, league win um, was was Coventry, but uh, you know. That's a long time ago. Yeah, you know we're in February now. That's a long time to, to well, go without winning. It's um, it's on Friday when when people will be listening to this podcast. Um, day before Peterborough game, it's two months to the day since Town last won in the league. Two months. Yeah, uh, and I think I think you know the, the issue is about belief and how do you instill belief in the players and how do you instill belief in the crowd? Um, as you said. They did show that bit of fight in the Bristol Rovers game, yeah. And I think I, I think they need to to make sure that they are at least showing that that they can almost generate their own confidence. You know, by you know, you need a little bit of luck as well. Yeah. Let's 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 be honest. You know, the, whether that's a penalty or a, a corner or, or you know a goal from a corner or whatever, you, there is an element of luck that you need in football. And uh, certainly, the last few matches I've been in, I did have felt the rub of the green has been slightly against Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that generate they, they would generate generate confidence. Sorry, by putting a goal in through a well worked routine like the Campbell one against Burton. And then shutting up shot and, and defending well and heading clear crosses rather than falling over in the box and you know putting tackles in, interceptions in, keeping a clean sheet. I think, you know, and a one or two nil win, it'll make everyone feel a hell of a lot better. Players, staff, fans, and really turn begin to turn things around hopefully. But until that comes, you know, there are lingering doubts, I'm sure, 
in the squad and the fans will remain. I mean, they're clearly capable. I mean, Stoke. Yeah. Well, uh, well the yeah. FA Cup run. I mean, in any job, be it football or anything else, you naturally are quite. You lift your game for those big moments and big days in your career. Yeah, yeah. And and that happens with footballers as well. And it, but what it does show is that there's clearly the ability and the talent there, and that that's you know fans see that, and that's what I think does frustrate people. Is yeah. how can you yeah. play so well in those games, both ties against Wolves, um, you know, and and indeed Stoke. Yet you know, they then sort of struggle to to two draws against. You know, Bristol Rovers are in in and around them at the bottom, and 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 Burton, who are mm-hmm. who are in a bit of a torrid run of form, really. Um, I mean, the the week coming up is is pretty big, really. Yeah, you know, particularly that AFC Wimbledon yeah. game on the second we'll, of March. We'll get into that with Luke, but it's <laughs> it's a huge three game week coming up, and you could extend it and say it's a huge five or six games. It's it's getting to do or die time, isn't it, really, um, Luke? Yeah, certainly is. Certainly is. Right, we're not all doing Shrewsbury Town Chatter, though. We have actually uh, pre-recorded uh, a little clip with our Telford man, Joe Edwards. You'll have noticed that he's not featured on this podcast. He's out there speaking to Mark Clattenburg today. He's in Hensford chatting, chatting with former Premier League referee Mark Clattenburg. It's beautifully so, random, I'm, that. It is. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? It's but incredible. either way, we have managed to speak to him. I have had a quick chat with him, and we're going to edit that little chat in now. So if, you, if you're after some Telford stuff, hopefully this should provide it. Hello, I'm joined by the one and only Joe Edwards. We're coming to you from the past. Myself and Joe are recording this before <laughs> the Shropshire Football Podcast is actually recorded. Joe, uh, Sad to see that you can't make it onto the actual podcast, but you've got a good reason. Yeah, I'm going to do a, a big interview with uh, Mark Clattenburg. No, oh, the big uh, referee, Mark Clattenburg. Yeah, yeah, uh, former Premier League referee. Um, left a couple of years ago to take up some role with the Saudi Arabian FA. Um, I'm guessing it's a pretty well-paid job as well. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'll be asking him about that, I'll be asking him about VAR, uh, whether it's gone too far and all that kind of thing, but um, yeah, I'll be catching up with him, so that's why I can't make the usual podcast, but I'm here now. Yeah, that's it, that's it. In an effort to keep Joe on the podcast, we've actually recorded a session beforehand. We are strictly talking Telford for these next 15 minutes or so, and I'll tell you what, Joe, um, you don't get a boring game at the New Bucks Head at the moment, do you? There's goals all over the place. There's goals all over the place, and yeah, it's games at the New Books, so games on the road. I mean, games on the road. The last three games on the road for Telford, they've each conceded three goals in. Um, you know, shipping probably a few too many goals that that Gavin Kerrin would like at the moment, but having no problem scoring them either. Um, Ashton on Tuesday, by the way, was it was topsy turvy as it gets. <laughs> um, it was a real fun night, really. Um, Seven goals and end-to-end stuff. But, yeah, Telford made hard work of it. But the one, and they're now fourth in National League North. The fourth, obviously, the big, big FA Trophy game coming up on Saturday at Solly or Moors. Yep. 750 uh, Telford fans going to be making the trip uh, to Damson Park, the short trip over there. So... There's plenty to be shouting about at the moment. Certainly is, uh, and we'll get onto the Moors game in a little bit, Joe. Um, let's run through the games that we've missed, of course, since the yeah. last podcast. Um, the first one being Brackley Town three, Telford one. Yeah. Um, I tell you what, considering the form that Telford were in, I didn't really see that one coming. Um, yeah, I was at that one as well, and um, it was a case of really the the, the win at Spennymoor had come on the Tuesday night before that, um, going up there. Big travel to and from on the day, um, and just looked like they'd run out of steam really for Brackley. Yeah. Uh, Telford system is kind of a three-five-two system, but the but the wide men aren't defenders really. Yeah. They're more attackers than defenders, and Brackley paid a four-five-one system with out-and-out wide men, and they got him behind pretty much at every time of asking, and really gave the back three of Telford a lot of problems. And Telford just seemed to run out of steam. Brackley got all their goals in the first half. Well, in fact, all the goals in the game were in the first half, and Telford just had nothing left really to mount that fight back in the second. 
Yeah, that's it. And is it is this a sign that you know it is a long odd season? And you know, when you're fighting on a couple of fronts like Telford are, that you know is is a tricky situation for Gavin Cowan to manage because you know these aren't players who were you know your Premier League players who are getting rests every other day. They're they're going to work. You know, you know what I mean. It's, they're not a yeah. full time squad, so it's, it's tough for them to to handle that, isn't it? It is tough. Yeah, I mean it's. It's something that you've got to try and strike that balance. I mean, ironically, Gavin said on the day that his most energetic player was Ellie Steeney, who has one of the most demanding jobs. Um, <laughs> but uh, he said he, he wasn't using it as an excuse. He says it's, it's the same for a lot of teams at this level. We've just got to cope with it better. But um, yeah, I mean, that was part of a kind of a free game run, wasn't it, where they ended up playing Geisley at home on the following Tuesday night, drew 1-1 with them. Yeah. A team that's struggling. And... Yeah, a, quite, a bit of a frustrating night that one, and then, and then Stockport, and you know you're thinking if you're scoring two goals at Stockport, you're probably going to be on course for a win. But that, as I say, that defence has been perhaps a bit more leaky than Gavin would have liked. Um, yeah, conceded those three goals and they fell to defeat at Stockport. So that was that was a disappointing run, but they managed to get that win at Ashton, and that was a big win because you you don't want to turn a blip into um, you know a succession of results that could knock you off course so fingers crossed Telford are over that now and can really kick on from here yeah that's right you don't want a, a blip to turn into a slump and I mean he's got problems to fix doesn't he Gavin if he does want if he does want to continue the good form shall we say from the win over Ashton because defensively you can't go into games conceding three goals can you no no and I mean I mean we, we're talking like this now and Obviously, at the start of the season, had somebody said to you that Telford had been in the FA Trophy quarterfinals, two games away from Wembley, yeah. and fourth in the National League North, you would have thought they were crazy. And the, the work that Telford have done this season to get where they are is fantastic. It's been absolutely superb. But, but the, the thing is now, you just want to make sure that they see it through. And, yeah. um, and the key to that, really, I think, is, is just yeah, being a bit more sturdy at the back. They've got the players to do it. And I mean, I asked Gavin about this if it's becoming a bit of a concern, and he said, "No, not really." He said, "You know, they're all working hard, and you know, teams have kind of runs like this where they concede perhaps a few too many." But um, yeah, uh, the the big thing for them at the moment is they've got the strikers battling them out. Yeah. Um, Amari Morgan Smith and Daniel Luda both at the double uh, against Ashton this past Tuesday night, and I tell you what, both of them looked bang at it, full of confidence. Um, they just couldn't handle him. They just couldn't handle him at all. And Morgan Smith looks like a, a a new player to me, really, over these past couple of months. Whenever I've seen him, he lo- he looks like a changed man from yeah. what he was last season. Yeah, he did an okay job and helped kind of steady things and got the odd goal. But now he's looking like a real threat. Um, and he's got. It, it seems like that Udo confidence has maybe bounced stuff on him, and he's he's fancied a piece of the pie as well. So. Yeah, Telford have got great, great attacking options. They'll just be hoping the defence can kind of steady itself a bit more. Yeah, certainly. And you know, you did mention it. Just you know, when when you've got players who are doing well, it almost breeds confidence around the rest of the squad, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, Udo now he's on twenty-one goals for the season. Um, I think he might be second in the league uh, charts as well. So, I mean, this is a guy that I've, I've said a few times now that I mean, crew released him uh, last summer and Telford took up punt on him and you're looking at crew now they've got to be kicking themselves Yeah, um, this lad looks like he, he could easily do a job at League 2 level uh, and in National League North he's been a menace to pretty much every defence he's come up against and you know, Telford have got Marcus Didanger as well who of course was the top goal scorer last season they're really blessed in the attacking options they've got Andre Brown as well of course yeah. now Slouch um, but I think Udo is the most well-rounded of the lot. I think you could argue he's a bit more well-rounded than Dinanger is. Dinanger's got that explosive speed. Um, it's hard to predict what he's going to do. But I think Udo is a complete package, holding up the ball, having that pace to spin off his marker, that kind of lethal clinical streak in front of goal as well. He ticks a, a, a massive amount of boxes. And um, if Telford hoped to win at all this weekend, which is going to be a big ask, yeah. then you'd like to think that if they do win, that Udo is going to play some sort of big part in that. Yeah, and you know, you've know you kind of moved us on nicely to the Solihull game. I mean, they're literally around the corner from me. And I've, I've been to Solihull a fair few times. Um, 
and I must admit, the vibe around that club at the moment, I mean, they've started expanding the ground now, they're considering it, you know, because at the moment they're, they're sitting they're sitting pretty aren't they yes they are they are and from the from the outside looking in it might take quite a few people by surprise because of, of course they got promoted from National North a few years back now and ironically Gavin Cowan was part of that yeah. uh, group he was there as a player coach Theo Street who of course is at Telford now was the captain Darrell Knights, who's at Telford now was a, was a key player in that squad as well so there's a bit of a solid old Telford connection there but for those couple of years afterwards of getting promoted, they operated under a part-time model in the National League, which essentially now is like League Three. Yeah, it, it, it's it's you know teams with big with pretty big budgets. You know, some probably outspending the likes of Walsall in League Two and probably ma- in League One. Sorry, and probably matching uh, the likes of Shrewsbury as well. To be honest, some of the clubs, you know, yeah. Salfords and people like that. Um, but they really struggled under that part-time model with relegation contenders, but they managed to stave it off both times. And then last summer, kind of got this new fresh investment, went to that full-time basis, and they're right up there now. I think the second just behind Wrexham um, at the moment. And, yeah, they've blown people away, really. And yeah. uh, they are preparing for life in the Football League, as you say. Um, so... It's a massive ask for Telford, but the big, big plus forum for Telford is they've got 750 fans going along, and that is incredible support. Yeah, certainly will be, and it'll, it'll be sure to generate quite the atmosphere. Um, what about team news, Joe? You know, so you know there are questions that need to be answered in terms of the starting eleven and who makes the squad because some of the players, are, of course, aren't eligible. No, they're not. Uh, Marcus Dinanga, he's not. He's not uh, eligible. He played for Hartlepool earlier on in the season, so so he won't be involved. Uh, the goalkeeper Joseph Bursic, who's on loan from Stoke, he can't play either. He played for Ensford earlier in the competition, so that means Andy Witcherley is going to come back in yeah. uh, between the sticks. And for me. It, it, I, I think that that's fine. I think before Bursic came and he was doing well in the league as well, and you know you could argue with some of the mistakes that Bursic has made over the past couple of games that he could even be assuming for the league. So this is a chance for him to perhaps state that claim to get him back in in in, in, in the league squad. Um, you've got Henry Cowens who sustained quite a bad knee injury on Tuesday night. Don't know how quite severe yet, but he was really limping on that. So yeah. Can't can't see him being involved either. Um, so you're looking at the team though, and it's it. I think they're going to stick with that three-five-two, that tried and trusted system. Perhaps erring on a bit more of a defensive side. I don't think we'll see Brendan Daniels in the team. I think Stefan Morley will carry on on that left side with Ryan Barnett, the Shrewsbury Lowney, who probably had one of his best games in the Telford shirt on Tuesday night as well on the other flank. Yeah. And for me, I know Andre Brown scored the winner in the last round, but you've got. Morgan Smith and Udo coming in off, off braces apiece on Tuesday night. I think those are the two that have got to lead the line because they're full of confidence. They're going to be up against a tough defence, so you want a confident pair of strikers to try and you know break through it. Yeah, certainly. And I mean, just going back a little bit, Joe, in terms of you know you mentioned Solihull and the way they've kind of battled their way up from National League North to you know gen- genuine contenders now for, for league football. Is that, is that a model which Telford should probably look at and try and emulate? Because it's a very similar path they've gone down. It, it would be a nice pattern to, to emulate. I'm sure fans would love that. But the the key factor, and it can't be understated for Solly all this season, has been that new backing that yeah. they've received. And they've had, they've had fresh investment. And that is what it would take for Telford, I, I think. Um, of course... Now, if they did go up through the playoffs, uh, as it looks like, I think that you know that automatic promotion place is, is probably out of reach now. Yeah. Yeah, that seems a two-horse race between Stockport and Chorley. Um, but if they did go up, you you do wonder whether they would have the means to compete. Of course, a, a lot they are in a part-time model at the moment. A lot of the players, the younger players especially, are treating it as a full-time thing. Yeah, but. You know, you want to have that kind of the money to then bump it up a bit, not just merely surviving because Telford last time they went up, they came straight back down and then you're back to square one and then you had three seasons of battling the drop in the National North. So, yeah. you know, if the if they did go up, you hope that those conversations have been had already just in case, just so they're not kind of left in the lurch and thinking, what have we got ourselves into when, if, the, if, if they do go up. But, um, yeah... 
Solly all they've had that extra backing, they've had that investment. I think to be in that league now and get out of that league, you need a fair bit of money about you. You look at the teams that that are around uh, Solly all Wrexham at top, who yeah. are, you know, get big, big gates. Um you've got you've got Solly all who have had that investment, Salford who money bags, you know, yeah. they've they've just got money, you know, coming out of their ears. Uh, Harrogate Town are down in, in about ninth, and they won the playoffs at front of Telford's League last year, and they were reportedly paying around a grand a week in wages to some of their top players. Yeah, for National North level, that's pretty high. So, you know, that, 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 those are just four, but you've got Leighton Orient, you've got Hartlepool. The list goes on. These yeah. are these are big clubs with big budgets. So Telford, if they did go up. I think uh, to try and emulate Solio's success, they'd need the cash because money talks in that division, I think. Certainly does. And lastly, Joe, uh, of course, I ask it of any game which we preview. Give me a match prediction. Is is there going to be an upset? And is Telford going to be potentially a game away from Wembley? Um, many will be urging me to trust the process, of course. <laughs> um, but I'd, I'm struggling to... I'm, I'm, str- I'm struggling to, to see... Uh, Solly all losing this one just because just because of the the form that they've been in. It's nothing against Telford. I think Telford have done fantastically well to get where they are, and of course they've got every chance. Um, but uh, Solly all, if they play to their ability, I think um, that they've been showing in the league, especially this season, then they should come out on top. I watched them against Blackpool um, in the FA Cup uh, not long back. That was on the telly, wasn't it? And um, they did themselves pretty proud that night. Didn't yeah. They? They've got some good options going forward. Uh, Adi Yusuf being the being the most notable. If he's if he's on song, then Telford he's going to cause Telford problems. But uh, yeah, anything could happen. I am erring towards a harm win for this one, but at the same time, if Telford win, I'll be absolutely delighted for him because this is this is what you, this is the work that they've put in and they're getting the benefits from it. So if that can carry on, then all for it. That's fantastic. Fingers crossed they can do it, Joe. Uh, we will be certainly hoping that they can. Fingers crossed. Right, so there's your Telford chatter. Uh, really interesting stuff from Joe there. Right, guys, um, we're pushing time a little bit, but I've got a little bit of a segment before uh, before our match preview for Peterborough. Yeah, guys, yeah. we have to be quick with this one, okay? So it's true or false. I'm going to give you four potential, uh, let's say, Potential events, things which could or could not happen. You're going to tell me whether they're going to be true or false. The first okay. one is an incredibly simple one. Shrewsbury Town will be in League One next season. Mm. Do you want to go first on that one or me? Uh, is this us predict? This is us predicting what will happen. Yeah, sorry, I'm just. Uh, yes. <laughs> I had a yeah. Brain fart. This is Luke throwing us under the bus here. Right. Okay. Shrewsbury Town to be in League One next season. Wowza. Um I say true. I say true. I think they're good enough. Yeah, as of this moment, I'll say true. True. The How about you, Luke? Uh, true. True. Good man. True. I'm, I'm, I'm ever the optimist. <laughs> ever the optimist. You are. The Shropshire Football Podcast will go back to Bridge North before Christmas. <laughs> true, as long as it's chip shop related. I understand I, Nathan Rowdy has just no idea that. what this is about. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just go false just to be different. I think. <laughs> oh, no, no, no away days for us. Number three, Fajiri Okunabiri will still be a Shrewsbury Town player next season. Ooh. Wow. Well, I hope he is just because I really like his chant. That's not true or false, Nathan. Um, it's, it's so, bri- you know, credit to Town fans that they managed to find a rhyme for Okunabiri. He's going to really push us for an answer here. Uh, uh, do you know what? I'm going to say, I'm going, I'm going to be ever the optimist here and say, true, Shrewsbury will be in League One and they'll have uh, Ockenbeery in their side. Love the it, next season. Yeah, let's be optimistic. I'm going to say like. false. Um, just, you know, not because Shrewsbury will be relegated, just because of what Fajiri Ockenbeery showed he can do. Um, so, yeah. All right. And the last one. Sorry, Luke. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Sorry, that's all right. time fans. Don't worry, this one's non Shrewsbury related. AFC Telford will get promoted this season. Ooh. It's close there, isn't it? It's close in the National League. Yeah. I mean, I. I think, I, I personally think they're not going to go up automatically. I think they're getting the playoffs. And the, the, the way the non league playoffs are now, uh, they're at, 
it's changed this season though a couple of stages although it depends where you finish um I, I, I want to say true I, I want to say true I don't know if it's heart overhead not not that I'm a Telford fan by any means but having covered them before um, I'd like to see them do well especially for Gavin Cowan um, but it's a big ask for them to go all the way over the line massive ask they're, they're punching above their weight um, so as soon as I was bold enough to say false on Fajiri I'll say false for promotion no I'm going to say I'm going to stay positive I feel uh, like I'm the boo boy here. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna say true, you know. Um, you never know what happens, do you? You know. No, no. Um, obviously, you know, be nice to kind of um, see another another Shropshire team. Yeah, yeah. You know, play playing playing in league football. Um, I think you know they they get to the playoff semis. It's a lottery, isn't it? I you know I'd I'd back them to win that, and then you go to a playoff final. I mean. They've showed they can do it in the FA Trophy. Uh, of course, they got the big game at Solihull this weekend. Why not? You know, why not? why couldn't they do it? Of course they could, but I just think it might be a little step too far. Well, I'm going true just just because I'm I'm an optimistic bloke. Right, let's talk. <laughs> let's talk, Peterborough. If we were all optimistic uh, blokes, that game would be a bit boring. Yeah, yeah, it was, <laughs> you're right. Anyway, let's chat Peterborough. Uh, that's the game, of course, next awaiting Shrewsbury uh, mm-hmm. away at Peterborough. 7th versus 21st. Um, is this a game Shrewsbury will be lucky to get anything from, or do you expect them to get something? Do you want to take that first now? Um, I think it's a difficult one. Peterborough, obviously, gone through a recent change in management. Yeah. Um, Steve Evans uh, gone, and uh, Darren Ferguson is back for his seemingly 50th stint at the club <laughs> um, I, it's a tough one that I, I saw the Peterborough game earlier this season and I thought uh, at home and I thought Town were desperately uh, desperately unlucky not to not to win that game actually yeah. um, it, I mean in the context of the season I kind of go, I think it goes back to a little bit that you know it was a bit of a defensive error at the back and you know unfortunately Peterborough scored in the, in the 90th plus minute I think it was Um that was just the um, that was the second game I think of uh, Ricketts's reign at Town. It was his home, it was his first home game. Um, was it really? Yeah, he lost yeah. at he lost at Burton in his first game, and that was, and it started brilliantly. Doherty lashed it in from outside the box, mm-hmm. didn't he, at the mm-hmm. start? And then Fajiri Okunabiri's goal uh, from that tight narrow angle after yeah. rounding the keeper was superb. Um, and what a win that would have been because Peterborough were second or third at the time yeah, they, they were certainly yeah. high up you know with Steve Evans the, the panto villain at the meadow it was all set up it really was and you know it wasn't happening for Posh they they weren't really creating a fat lot but yeah I, I, it was a scrappy scrappy goal I remember the, the equaliser it really was a horrible goal and mm-hmm. I remember Ricketts being pretty raging afterwards actually about his size inability to see the see the game out back to what you were saying yeah I'd agree with Nathan and it's tough um, I think not that it's a massive help for their situation in 21st town but I think it's not the worst point in the world I think it's a good draw to go there and get a point I don't say they'd snatch your hand off for it if you offered it them but I think in this scenario it's possibly better than losing just to let's say the word momentum but mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not a bad point. I, I think it's a big ask for a lot of teams in the league to go to Peterborough and win. They've just got match winners for this level throughout their team. And Town are going to have to defend a hell of a lot better than they have recently to keep Peterborough at bay. But on the flip side, if they went there and, and, and snuck a 1-0, 2-1, it really could be the catalyst. You know, you're going to get that first win in nine at a team so fancied at the top. It could be the one that just, you know, sparks it into life. I, I I do think that, that that's what it's going to take for town, and I I hope it comes sooner rather than later. Um, you know, and, and and getting something on Saturday would be would be massive. I mean, yeah, I, as a sport, I'd take I'd take a draw. I would take a draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Despite saying that draws aren't really good enough at this point of the season, it's just a that, tough game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that kind of game is game. you take a draw in that. I did just uh, I did just see a name uh, on the. Um, 
on the team sheet from Peterborough. Uh, Ivan Tony. Ivan Tony. <laughs> is, is that is that worth a pound? Is that is that worth putting a pound on? Well, he's oh one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> oh right, former players of course. Yeah, yeah, right. former players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Former players it's, scoring it's, against town. It's a miracle uh, he didn't score in the first game. Let's be fair, given the record this season. But he's their nineteen goal top scorer this mm. season. Um, he did get a hard. He got a hard time at the Meadow as well. Ever the Panto villain. Yeah. <laughs> against Shrews. Town fans do not remember him with much fondness at all. But I was speaking to the Peterborough reporter earlier in the week, and no fans do. Wherever he goes, if against a former club, he gets pelters, uh, which might say a bit. I don't know. Um, I seem to remember town fans not liking the way he falls to ground so easily. But you know, he, he scores goals clearly, and is that worth a pound? Well. Yes, I mean there are a few teams coming up that certainly remainder of this season that boast former town players. So I, I imagine that list of seven <laughs> could grow significantly. Um, let's at the moment, not I, Tony if, at the weekend. I tell you what, if uh, if Joe Hart was playing in a game against Shrewsbury Town, I'd put a quid on him. <laughs> so I love that. Um, the good yeah. news, of course, for town is that you know Potty's form has uh, has dropped off a bit. Like three defeats in five. Well, um, yeah, yeah. You know, it's a good. Opp- I suppose you could argue there's a good opportunity there. Well, Sam Ricketts said to me at the press conference on Thursday. Uh, well, I asked him really because they've only Peterborough amid the Steve Evans run now Darren Ferguson. They've won four league games in seventeen, which is pretty poor, and they're much better away. Generally, the way they were set up under Evans was to counter away uh, if they're forced more to break break down at home if they have the ball they, sh- they struggle more so at home they're pretty at times slow and, and poor that's something Ferguson's got to change um, teams around Shrewsbury have taken points off um, off Peterborough recently teams have gone there and won and, and, and drawn games so they're by no means home flat track bullies against the poorer sides I think just having a look at it now Plymouth went there and won not so long ago Um Peterborough could only manage a draw at Bristol Rovers like Shrewsbury. There was one other one recently as well. Scunthorpe went and won there in the new year. You know, that it's not the best run of form at all. And I suppose it's probably, yes, Peterborough finally got a win last time out at Oxford. Apparently that was a dire game. I don't know the time of the goal that Peterborough won it at the Cassan. Late on through Tony. Oxford um, is struggling too. Yeah, well, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but Peterborough made hard work of that. So maybe it's a good time for town to go there. Yeah, I mean, uh, maybe as, as long as sort of town and, and Ricketts will be, they'll be looking at Peterborough and they'll be going right. This is what they've not done well this season. This is not what this is what they've not done well now, yeah. and we yeah. need to try and exploit those weaknesses. I've got to say, I think it's not a bad time at all to play them. Mm-hmm. I think back in December, that two-two draw we alluded to, Ricketts' second game. I think they're in a much better position. Not at all really struggling under under Evans we just get it up here I mean wow Peterborough's run a form there where they drew 2-2 at, at Shrews they hadn't lost a game since the very start of November so they were in very good form and it, it dropped off Boxing Day time mm-hmm. uh, just before a couple of draws and then and then defeats so it's a much better time to play them I think if this was at the Meadow I'd fancy town mm. No, I think you're right. I think I think the fact that it's away. Yeah, I mean, you, we've touched on the away form this season, and you know, is that going to be Town's pitfall for for the entire campaign? One one win on the road all season was in the last minute at this rock bottom Wimbledon, so it's got to improve, hasn't it? That that away record, I think, full stop. That's the they've got to win games on the road. Is it going to start tomorrow? Big ask, but but a chance. I think you're right, Luke. I think Peterborough's confidence won't be the highest. And yeah. Town have just got to draw that little bit of inspiration from somewhere. From, you know, be it they've had more training sessions now, they, they know the manager's message a bit better. The, the new signings have had a couple of weeks to bed in, your Campbells and your Scott Goldborns and, and all the others. Um, you know, Rashawn Williams uh, in defence, a very exciting young player that just had some time to get familiar you know hopefully well, not hopefully I mean you'd imagine that Ricketts would use the same personnel in defence because he's changed it in recent weeks and that's led to questions from fans so maybe that bit of consistency uh, you know the good news about Craig Doherty being back fit after the eye problem that's that's significant for town because I, I still believe he's their best player 
Laurent uh, as well. Loren back as well, who I'm a big fan of. Um, just, you know, personnel return and maybe it'll work in town's favour. All right, let's finish as always with predictions. Uh, I'll open us up. And uh, to stick with the optimistic mood, I am going for a 2-1 Shrewsbury Town win. Okay. Um, I think... Do you know what? I'm, I'm going to echo you. I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 2-1, but I'm going to stick a cheeky pound on Ivan Tony to score against Town. Is that 2-1 to Shrewsbury? 2-1 to Shrewsbury, sorry. All right. Yeah, 2-1 yeah, to Shrewsbury. I think, uh, I think there's an opportunity there. Well, for Friday's paper, I... Predicted a Peterborough win, so I can't. I'm not going to go against what I put in print. Um, but I think yeah, two one Peterborough. The town will score, but be made to pay for the defensive frailties I've shown in recent weeks. I hope to be wrong, of course. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, that's how I see that one. Uh, just worth adding. I think bigger home games to come in that massive week where mm-hmm. they play their game in hand at the Meadow on Tuesday against Doncaster, and of course Rock Bottom Wimbledon on the Saturday. Who are hitting form themselves at the moment? Yeah, they look down and out. Hope for some at Peterborough, but tough, tough ask, I'd say. Yeah, well, that just about does it. Um, Nathan, how have you found your first Shropshire football podcast appearance? Yeah, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. I'm Solid not sure. I'm debut. not sure the banter levels were quite at the uh, were quite at the uh, the heights that that, <laughs> that, that Cox was uh, banded around the office earlier. <laughs> <laughs> They are some short heights. <laughs> there are no height. Luke will back me up here. Those those heights are. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think you handled yourself pretty well. I think it's probably a, a better debut than Dave Edwards in January. <laughs> I can't do much worse, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, unless you have to like limp out to the hospital after we finished. Um, yeah, solid. I think. I think. I don't know about you, Luke. I think we could probably call him back. Yeah, probably. He's a good <laughs> seven out of ten. That, yeah, that, that, ten that was that, that was pure non-committal. Yeah. That's fine, and that's fine. I'm happy with yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, maybe, yeah, was, maybe not. Um, I'll take desperation. It's fine. If I was no, no, Nathan, it was good. Nathan, you were very good. Yeah. If I, I was player rating, you might have pushed an eight. <laughs> and I don't give them. <laughs> In fact, I haven't given many at all this season. You would believe. It's alright. I'll find out on social media what people really thought anyway. Well, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's that's the true brawler, which everything should be judged off social media. <laughs> indeed, yeah. indeed. Yeah. <laughs> right, but yeah, that just about wraps it up from us. Uh, fingers crossed for a big result for Shrewsbury this weekend, and of course, a big old week after that. But for of course, for all your latest Shropshire football news, make sure you stay with us at ShropshireStar.com.